I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 507 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an incredible guest for you guys today. Number one New York Times bestselling author of 21 Thrillers, Brad Thor, joins me on the podcast. He has a new book available now titled Black Ice. Prior to becoming a novelist, Brad was the award-winning creator, producer, writer, and host of the critically acclaimed national public TV series, Traveling Light. Brad served as a member of the Department of Homeland Security's Analytic Red Cell Unit. He has also lectured law enforcement organizations and has been the keynote speaker uh, for the National Tactical Officers Association Conference. He has appeared on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox News, CNN, many other outlets to discuss terrorism, as well as how closely his novels of international intrigue parallel real threats that the world is facing today. I'm honored to have him on the podcast today. Brad Dorr will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Brad Dorr was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch today's conversation, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and if you enjoyed today's interview with Brad Thor, you got to flip it back through the archives of the podcast and check out some of the other New York Times best-selling dads that have been on the podcast here, including Brad Meltzer, Sean Parnell, Jack Carr, Brad Taylor, and so many others. Please go through all the episodes. Uh, you'll find so many great writers that have joined me right here on First Class Fatherhood. Make sure you guys are following me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the other upcoming guest announcements. i got some great ones coming your way soon. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider leaving me a rating or review. It always goes a long way to help me out. And as always, please help me spread the word about the podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Brad Thor. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, you have heard my interview with Navy SEAL Jocko Willink right here on First Class Fatherhood. Now I have teamed up with Jocko, and you guys can benefit. Jocko Willink has got an elite lineup of energy drinks, apparel, supplements, protein shakes, and so much more available at OriginMain.com. That's O-R-I-G-I-N-M-A-I-N-E.com. And you guys can save 10% off your order by using the promo code LACE10. Visit OriginMain.com or hit the link in the show notes and check out Jocko's awesome lineup of Go Energy drinks, milk, protein, and so much more. Crafted in America, built to work, made for life. If Jocko Willink is putting his name on it, you better believe it's a quality product. So go. Visit OriginMain.com and use the promo code LACE10 and you're going to save 10% off your order. There's only one Jocko Willink, but there are multiple Jocko Willink products on OriginMain.com. Visit OriginMain.com or hit the link in today's show notes. Use the promo code LACE10. Save 10% off and go get some. Uh, joining me now, First Class Father, Brad Thor. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. It's my pleasure to be here, Alec. Thanks for having me. All right, let's start like this. How many kids do you have? How old are they? Uh, two. I have an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old. Wow, very cool. What kind of sports or activities are they into? Let's see. So my daughter is uh, into figure skating big time. And uh, my son is a is a gamer is a gamer Rainbow Six Siege, 
that's a that's a big deal and uh, does a lot of stuff with the uh, theater group at school. Loves loves just anything entertainment related. Awesome. Yeah, I got a gamer myself. I got no ice skater though yet, so pretty cool. Um, <laughs> if you could, Brad, please just take a minute to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. So I am a thriller novelist. I was in uh, travel television. I had a travel show on public television for years in the late 90s. And on my honeymoon, uh, my wife asked me in 1999, what would you regret on your deathbed never having done? And I said, writing a book and getting it published. And she said, okay, when we get home, you need to start spending two hours, protected time every day, making that dream uh, become a reality. And 21 novels later, here I am. Yeah, what an amazing uh, writing career that you've had. Congratulations on all your success. We're going to talk about the, the new book in just a minute here. Uh, but take me back to the beginning of your fatherhood journey then, Brad, about how old were you when you first became a dad and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Let's see. Sue uh, got married at 29. So there was had, had a child three years later. So what is that? So I was in, you know, I was in my 30s when I had my first. So I'm 52 next month. My daughter's 18. So uh, you can do the math. Uh, it was a, you know, it was something we were ready to do, something I was looking forward to doing. And um, it kind of was never a question. My parents had two kids and they always expected me and my brother to have two kids. Uh, my brother's got three. And we wanted to have even more than two kids, but unfortunately, we couldn't get beyond having our two. We were very blessed to have them and have them be healthy and all that kind of stuff. And it just it, it physically wasn't possible for us to have a third child. We would have loved to, but we've got two great kids as it is. So we're very blessed. Yeah, awesome stuff. Yeah, we got four kids over here and, and we, we would have more ourselves. We had several miscarriages along the way. Um, so there's a little bit of a gap between, uh, you, you know, some of my kids ages. But um what would you consider to be, Brad, uh, the top values that you hope to instill in your kids growing up? Well, it, this is the thing. So one of the, we tell people, Alec, that we're not raising children. We're raising adults. That's, that's the job here is to get them so that they are self-confident, uh, good, responsible members of society. My dad is a no longer active Marine. My mom was a flight attendant for TWA. We were raised with very Midwestern values that we've passed down to our children. And chief among them is the fact that none of us own this country. We are merely stewards for the next generation. So it's incumbent upon us to do everything we can to leave a freer, more equitable, more successful, more prosperous, safer nation, just better, better, better in every single category for the next generation that will come and be stewards for the generation after them. So uh, particularly with my dad being a Marine, we take uh, we take our responsibilities uh, as citizens very seriously. It's something that, that means a lot. So we try to teach our kids the importance of giving back and working hard. I, that stuff is really important. You got to work hard, be honest. Uh, you know, you show up for work every day as if it's your first day and you work your butt off uh, as if it could be your last if you don't give it all you've got. So, and also to be loving, be kind, it's, there's so much that is almost not said that we do by example, right? So, uh, even down to being good readers, I, I grew up hearing that if you read to your kids, that would make them great readers. And then the book Freakonomics came out, which blew up so many myths. And in the Freakonomics book, they said, actually, the key to making your children great readers is, do you have books in your home and do they see you reading? 
because if they do, they'll model that behavior. So that's a little bit of what we've been working on at home at our place. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a ferocious reader myself, Brad. So I, I try to read at least a book every week. And my, my older son is he he took up after that. My my third son, he's huge into reading as well. So I, I think reading is so important. And what I I love what you say there too about the military, about your dad serving. I, I do my best to bring on a lot of military dads on the podcast here. I think it's so important. And I, I talk on this podcast all the time about the fatherless crisis that we have going on in our country. We have so many kids growing up without a father or a yeah. father figure in, in their life. And it's really having a devastating effect on our society. I, I, I got to tell you, Alec, that's one of we live in Nashville now and we left Chicago. And one of the key drivers that one of the key reasons we left is because of lack of fathers. So would break my heart. I'd go on TV shows and radio programs in Chicago and I would say what breaks my heart the most is the violence, particularly in black and brown communities, where we want these kids to grow up to be successful, productive members of society, yet you can't even get them on the lower rung of the American success story ladder if they can't have a paper route, if they can't have a lemonade stand in front of their house because they're afraid of getting shot. And so much of that stuff is driven by fatherlessness, the gang violence and all that kind of stuff. Yet it's the one thing nobody wants to touch. It's a third rail. Nobody wants to talk about how not having a father in your life impacts your life. And I think it's really something important. If we could move that to the forefront of conversations in this country, the importance of fatherhood and intact families, it's tough. Man, it's not easy being married. I've been with my wife 25 years and I love her to death. And there's days where it's awesome and days where it's less than awesome. But you stick it out. You got to make it work. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, Brad, I, I think it's the number one social issue that we have in our country. I, I think we're trying to solve all these other social issues, but if we don't get the strength in our nuclear families, uh, I think we're just running around in circles. So uh, let, let me turn it over here to what you do now. Obviously, you have a very successful writing career. Now, the game of writing and uh, being an author has changed drastically in the last two decades here, even in the last decade alone. With the e-readers out there, audio books have blown up. Uh, what, uh, first off, what kind of advice do you have for the parents out there that have kids that are really interested in pursuing uh, a career in writing? Well, it's interesting. So in my family, the arts were to make you better around it. My dad, the Marine, and my mom, the flight attendant, you know, the arts were not a career path. And I took it because if you ask somebody who's a writer, why they're a writer, they will invariably answer because they had no choice. It's the only way to quiet the voices in your head is to get it out and put it on paper. So um, I'm a rarity in that I went into what I studied in college. So I studied creative writing in film and television production, and now I've, now I've done both. The biggest thing you can do is encourage your kids. If they enjoy writing, encourage them to write, whether you buy them a journal or whatever, or you read their stories and help edit them. Encouragement, encouragement, encouragement. It's a tough game. It really, it's tough to be a writer. It's tough to be a working writer, somebody that can pay the bills by writing. But it is something where if you see that in your children and they have that passion, I don't know a single writer that doesn't look back on their childhood and say, I knew back then I wanted to be a child. So if you see that passion in your child, support it. That would be one of the biggest things, support and encourage them. And probably bigger than all of that is that you cannot be even a halfway decent writer without being a voracious reader. So always show your kids that you read and encourage them to read because if they love to write, they're going to love to read too. The two just kind of go together. Yeah, very well said. And obviously now you get the new book available here, Black Ice. What can you tell the listeners about, about that? And what's been the response, the early feedback you've gotten so far from the book? 
Uh, it's been so I it's the 20th in my Scott Harvath series. Uh, he's a Navy SEAL that gets recruited to do some of the nation's most dangerous business guy with a good moral compass because they say we're tearing up the rule book for you. You don't have any rules. It, you go out, get the bad guys because they're not playing by the rules. So you have to send somebody out with a good moral compass. And this guy's got a great background, gets the job done. I tell people that my thrillers are like the James Bond movies. Doesn't matter if you've ever seen one before. You can go out and see the latest one. You can start if you've never read a Brad Thor book with the latest Black Ice. Yeah, and I think that's one of the top questions people have when they see there's a, there's a number of books in the series is where should I start? Am I going to miss? So I think that's awesome that you could just pick it up wherever you are in the series. And listen, I've had a ton of Navy SEALs on the podcast here. So uh, always interested in stories about them, movies about them. So uh, excited for it myself. And then uh, br bringing it back into you uh, as a father here, what type of uh, disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? <laughs> so, you know, it's funny when uh, our daughter was in uh, pre-kindergarten, that was the first time I was ever asked that question by somebody outside of my marriage, okay? And I remember seeing a comedian, so I thought, okay, I'm a funny guy. I'm going to say, well, my form of discipline is, what, what I find is when the kids are acting up, if I just get the gun out and wave it around, it gets their attention. <laughs> it was just a joke. I heard a comedian say that, that, you know, I could see the, I could see the kindergarten, pre-kindergarten teacher audit, you know, figuring out what she was going to type to children and family services because <laughs> of my <laughs> joke. Um, you know, it's interesting. Kids are different. My wife has had to work on me to discipline differently than the way I was raised. So we're a lot more it's in it's foreign to me, Alec, to not. I mean, my dad was tough and my mom was tough, too. I mean, we had a board, a paddle that hung in the kitchen. You know, I mean, there was there was punishment. I mean, they would count like my mom had a wooden hairbrush and we would drive on weekends from Chicago to the, our little cottage in Wisconsin. And if we acted up, my mom would say that's one hairbrush. That's two hairbrush. I mean, so they they paddled it. We got that. Uh, we didn't do that with our kids. And so my wife is a is a doctor. She's she's different than I am or approach. I mean, her mother used to chase her sister around with a yardstick. But my wife is completely different. And so we're we have consequences. We're good communicators with the kids and we involve them in the process. And one of the things that we've picked up is when there is a violation of something and our kids are, you know, one's on the way to college in the fall. The other one's going to be a junior in high school. Now what we've done and we never really spanked them or anything like that. It was all communication. But now our big thing is involving them in what the consequence should be. Once you sit them down and they recognize there's been a violation instead of immediately opposing the punishment, we say, what do you think the consequence for this should be? Because it's less do we get a punishment on them versus do they understand what happened? And so by including them in the process, the, <laughs> the sentencing phase, if you will, um, it helps them compute the, that there are consequences. Because again, we don't have much, we have no time left with my daughter because she leaves in a couple of weeks for college. We only have two years left with my son. So coming back to we're raising adults, what is, how is life going to treat them? Somebody's not going to walk up and spank them if they do something wrong, but there is going to be some sort of an impact, a repercussion, right? So that's what we've been working on. Uh, and my wife's the smarter one. She's got all the great parenting books and she reads them and then distills it down for me uh, and tries to get me to the point where I'm as effective as she is. But that, that's been a big shift for me is, is talking more than kind of the corporal punishment stuff. Yeah, and listen, Brad, it's a challenge for me. I have four kids, like I said. I got three boys, and my girl is my baby. She's six years old, and my wife's constantly getting on me because my discipline style with my daughter 
is far different than the way I'm able to discipline my boys. So uh, I'm still, uh, you know, a, a work in progress when it comes to that. Uh, I, I bring it back into writing real quick. Speaking about like the, the, the female roles, I would imagine I asked some of the other authors that come on here. What is your um, uh, experience like or you have a method for writing for the female? I'm sure you got it down pat now, but. How do you kind of find it? How do you write for the female characters? Do you ask your wife? Do you talk to other women? Like, how do you kind of craft the women characters in your books? I, thank you for asking. That's a great question. So women are never sex objects in my books. They're not there because I need window dressing. The female characters that appear in my novels are always critical to the mission of my protagonist, of him having a successful outcome. These female characters represent the strong, talented, intelligent women I'm surrounded with, whether that's my wife, my editor, my agent, and my beautiful daughter. I wanted to write characters that she could aspire to, that she could read the books and say, all right, wow, that's really cool to see a woman doing that. I know, Dad, it's fiction, but I really like that. So it's really an homage to the to the fantastic women that I have the great pleasure of working with and in having in my life. So uh, what's funny is I've, I've written about an all-female Delta Force team and all that kind of stuff, and those women are just as competitive as the guys, and they are uh, just as kind of jokey with each other and picking on each other and going, ah, you know, a moment on the lips, forever on the hips. I've got a female <laughs> character that always busts on my male character. She's like, you know, you're getting older and your metabolism's slowing down. Maybe you ought to put the donut down. And she's always, you know, so you kind of reverse things and it, it's fun, but the key is respect. The key is respect. So the characters, the female characters that I write, I want them to be successful women that can stand alone and take care of business uh, in their own right and, and be characters that those women around me in my real life would say, you know, I'm proud of you. You wrote a really good female character there. You nailed it. Yeah, well, that's really great stuff. Right? I mean, I would imagine I mean, there's a lot of skill sets involved in what you do. So to be able to capture so many different characteristics of so many different characters, I, I think is uh, definitely a, a skill to attain to. So uh, what, what do you have? What about for, for yourself? What's been the future for you? What kind of goals or plans do you have here uh, for yourself in the future? Well, it's interesting. I'm with the daughter going off to college. It's a new phase now, right? So daughter's leaving for college. How old's your oldest, Alec? My oldest is 15, so he'll be a sophomore in high school. So I've got a few more years left before the empty nest is going to hit me. And so you've got you've got at least one high schooler. It was weird because I was people said the time goes fast as a parent. It goes really fast is what they tell you. And it's true. It, it does go fast. And so we we embraced every single day with the kids. The pandemic actually was a gift because there's no way you could keep two teens home but for quarantine, right? So we looked at it as an incredible gift to spend more time with the kids. But when my daughter had started high school, it was almost like one of those old retirement clocks where you could see it, you could put it on in your cubicle and it would run backwards how much time you had left until. So I never computed life changing until my daughter became a freshman in high school. And then that reverse clock was going and now she's off to college. We've got two years with, with our son. And now it's like, okay, this is this is a new challenge. I mean, I'm really into my health and taking good care of myself because I don't want to be like sitting in a rocking chair, you know, at 55. I'm almost 52. I want to get out there and enjoy, kind of go back to being just me and my wife, so to speak, and going back and enjoying the stuff that we did before. So I've got several irons in the fire in Hollywood. We love to travel. And um, it's going to be, you know, an adjustment. Just even with our daughter gone and just having our son at home, it's going to be an adjustment. But we're looking forward to holding as tightly as we can to him while we're helping get him ready to take that next step. 
Yeah, well, God bless you and good luck. I'm, I'm holding on myself over here. So, um, <laughs> last thing I want to hit you with, uh, Brad, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Okay, number one, there is no such thing as a perfect parent. Give yourself permission to make mistakes. You operate from the best place in your heart and in your experience that you can. You want the best for your kids. Do that. Don't be afraid to admit even to your kids that you were wrong. That is hugely helpful for your children. If you can come back and say, yeah, you know what? I lost my cool. That wasn't right. Your kids, every single thing you do, your kids can learn from, and especially when you could admit that you were wrong. And number three, don't ever forget that your primary job next to raising these adults is you are in the memory-making business. Don't put off to tomorrow what you could do today. You know, if you can take that special camping trip or if it's just an overnight to the forest preserve where you can pitch a tent, take advantage of that now because tomorrow never comes. All you ever have is today. So remember, you're in the memory-making business for your children. Wow, very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. I got to say, Brad Thor, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here at First Class Fatherhood. My pleasure, Alec. Thanks for having me. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Brad Thor for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it into my Instagram account, at Alec underscore Lace, for all the upcoming guest announcements. I got some big ones coming your way soon. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave me a rating or review. It always goes a long way to help me out. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thanks for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Your half-truths are